Hello and welcome to Travis Pepper's Mentoring a Moron, the show where we take your recommendations on what to watch, read, listen to, and be inspired by. This week we're reviewing John Mayer's live album Where the Light Is and the documentary Under the Soil that takes a look at mental health in British agriculture. So we try to not get distracted, but we often end up quite far from the point, like this week when we notice a worrying amount of parallels between ours and John Mayer's past behaviour. Well, maybe I can explain it better in song. If you sometimes feel like a moron, don't worry, we've got one too. Because we're not that clever, but we make it all up with our can-do attitude. So if you like a bit of banter with me and this old wanker, we've got just the thing for you. We've got lots of content and it won't make sense. It's the Travis Pepper Show. Bloody lovely. Absolutely fucking fan dabby dozy like it's, it's it's absolutely wonderful to be here to be honest. Smashing Smashing <laughs> I always go to that voice, the Meredith I shit my pants voice. It's Meredith. just like the di- Meredith, I've shit myself. It's it's where <laughs> I go every single <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Um Are you voice. gonna explain yourself? What? Are you gonna explain yourself to to me? Um, and to the listeners. I, I often do explain myself. I find myself doing it quite a lot, actually, in everyday <laughs> life. Um, so you're going to have to be a bit more specific about what I'm explaining. Yeah. Um, so I. So I te- let me explain I- myself. Uh, uh, this is Luke. He's some guy who's just been following me around for the last few years, and he's following he's quite a nice, you around. It's quite a nice little pet. Uh, so I decided to keep him. He's got a little. <laughs> he's got a little run at the end of the garden where he can run about and have, have fun. He sits in his pants on the grass. Sits in his pants in the snow, apparently. Ah, yeah, I've been doing that this week. Yeah, you've I sat in the pants. I sat in my pants. I sat in the snow in my pants. And I went on a 10-mile walk yesterday morning. Sunrise walk. And I was in shorts and a t-shirt. I was getting some weird looks on the seafront. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Um... It was minus one, minus two. And I was like, Wim Hot. I was out in the cold for about three hours. Um, yeah. And there were points when I was struggling. But um, I was going to ask you, I text you saying, are we still good to go in 10 minutes? And you replied saying, yeah, man, just get myself into the podcast mood. A, what is the podcast mood? <laughs> <laughs> and B, how do you get yourself into it? That's, <laughs> that's the two questions I've got. Uh, well, it obviously involves uh, some candles. Yeah. Um, okay. I need to, I need to brace myself for whatever could happen. So I do the little Cub Scouts honor just before I start and just say, I promise to do my best to put up with Luke no matter what he does. Um, <laughs> then I, yeah. Then I then I have a little prayer to the moron gods and uh-huh. uh, yeah, just fingers crossed. Really, fingers crossed for the entire time. The moron and- gods. <laughs> so you light candles and you do a scout's honor. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, you up. yeah, sometimes a foot rub, depending on how how difficult the week's been. Foot rub. <laughs> oh. I don't like foot rubs. No, it just, <laughs> it just made me. It just made me go. Ugh. <laughs> Have you ever it made like, you tickle your nipples? What <laughs> makes me itchy? You know, like when you want to scratch and you're like, oh, uncomfortable, uncomfortable scratch. That's what it makes me feel. Um, yeah. 
I learned I learned a big lesson with feet a while back where I kind of scraped my fingernail in between my toes and sniffed it. Have you ever done that? We've we've spoken about this on the podcast before. <laughs> have we? I was going to say I feel like I have, but yeah. Yeah, this when, was when the whole like feet, that's where because then we did, then we asked, do you wash your feet? That, okay, that question. So we have like, spoken about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> or whether I'm you just living. let them sit in a soapy bath at the bottom I'm, of the shower. <laughs> I'm living Groundhog Day at the moment where every day yeah. feels the same. So I don't know whether I'm coming or I'm going. You know, like, you know that things are getting bad when you start to, you start to have conversations about stuff that is. There's been no new things to talk about. So you're just kind of reusing some of the old stuff. Uh, I don't know. Me and my brother had a conversation at the weekend that. I've never thought about it before. And he, I don't know if he brought it up or I brought it up. I can't remember how we got into it, but it was one of those conversations when you're like, do you know what? I've never thought about that before. I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you what it was. It came from, <laughs> it came from the fact he said to me, zookeepers would still be going into the zoos in lockdown. You know, they're going to have to work throughout and it must be really cool to go in. I was like, will they? And he was like, yeah, because you can't lock down for two weeks, come back, so all the animals will be dead. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, of course, they're going to have to <laughs> they're gonna have to work so that they keep the animals alive. And he was like, it must be really cool being in there and like having nobody around, but just like playing with all the animals and doing stuff like that. And playing because, with all the animals. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> um, having a little gossip with the penguins. And, oh, yeah. They were doing a little cool, bit, doing a bit of Zumba with the flamingos. Yeah, yeah, just like everyone else's. <laughs> who would you? Who, what animals would you like to look after if you were given a choice? Elephant, elephants. Well, yeah. see, that's what we were discussing, right? Because this <laughs> ah, so good. You said elephants. It leads me into my next bit. I obviously said, okay, the animals need to be fed, otherwise they die. So we sussed that bit out, and then the question was, what happens when they die? Have you ever thought about being at a zoo and if one elephant pops his clogs and goes down, that's a job. How are you shifting that? With a lot of effort, I guess. <laughs> with, uh, with some effort, yeah, some manpower, you know. Just uh, stick your elbows under and give it a shift. I don't know. Give it, give it a shift. Give it a well, shift. Yeah, it's one of those things that I've never thought about, though, and it must happen... You know, they must get elephant deaths. Um, they probably have like a little funeral or a big funeral if it's an elephant. One thing they do do, because elephants are social creatures, they, um, so they, so they tend to put the elephant down. They try to figure out when it's going to go, like when it's looking bad. So they try mm. and catch it before it hits the deck so that they can take it away and do it in a controlled space where they can, I guess, where it's easier for them to remove it without like a bunch of screaming kids going, Oh my God, the elephant. Um, mm. So, but they take it away, but they, but they were saying that they let the other elephants come in and do a little sniff around because they're social creatures. And if you just take it away, they all get confused and they panic. But if they can come in and see the body, it's quite sad really, but if they can come oh. in and they can see the body and they can nudge it and see that it's dead, they understand where he's, where the, the him 
where Nelly's gone. Mrs. Elephant has gone. Um, <laughs> that's actually, and, that's really sweet in a way. Yeah. So, it, the, but, but I've heard that with a lot of animals. I've heard that like, if you've got two dogs and one pops its clogs, you've got to let the other one have a little sniff and then it understands process. what's happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I picked elephants as the one that I would much rather look after is because um, they kind of see, uh, apparently elephants see humans as like little pets and uh, they light up in the same, they have the same like neurological response as when a, we see like a puppy or something or a kitten. And we're just like, oh, it's so cute. And apparently elephants like would see humans and go, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> in a same, no. similar way. How, right, who sussed that out? Who's um, got its? They, they do all sorts of experiments. They'll put like they'll me- measure the neurological responses, and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, that's the same thing that when people get happy or see something cute." And they've probably got results from people looking at cat pictures or something. I don't know, but um, that that was that was something. I, it's it's less for me. I just kind of want to. I just want to make an elephant's day. Really, you know, you if you've seen a dog. Elephant. You know, you know when you've seen a dog or like or a little puppy in the park, and you're like, "Oh, best time I saw a little puppy in the park. It's sweet." Well, I, yeah. I kind of want to do that for an elephant, you know? Elephant, you know? yeah. But they must see them all the time, I guess. The ones in, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're like, oh, I don't know. If I had a puppy, I'd still get excited when I saw him. I'd be like, "God damn it, I've got a puppy." I've never understood dogs. Dogs are the ones that I don't get. And I always get criticism for this because I'm a yeah. cat person rather than a dog person. Well, I don't get I, cats either. That's, that's, cats are that's brilliant. The, I don't get it because it's just like... I saw a comic, which... Um, a little comic strip that sums up um, basically how I feel about cats. And it's a guy who finds a genie and he says, Hey, I've got a problem. I'm an asshole. And I don't know what to do about it. And... It, the guy, the genie went, oh, okay. And he turns him into a cat. And the genie says, now you can be an asshole and get away with it and everyone will still love you. And I was like, that's exactly, that's exactly what I feel about cats. I think they're just like human, annoying human beings that get away with it because they're fluffy. That's how you're just, I... You're describing me. You sound like you're describing me, to be fair. Yeah, except uh, like, it's even more difficult for you to get away with it. So, but, but that's how I see So how do you see dogs my- then? Steamers is an asshole. So my cat's called Steamers. Um and Steamers is an asshole. But I love her for it. I love her because she's an asshole. Does that make sense? You know, like I like maybe maybe it's the same as why girls go for bad boys. And they know they shouldn't, but like I love it. I love that the cat's like edgy. Is that a well thing? this is the thing. You, did you So if you like arrived into a family and they've got a mm. cat or like someone else outside of your control has decided that you, they're getting a cat and bringing a cat into your lives. Mm. And I'm like, oh, actually, the cat's an asshole, but this is kind of fun. I get that. But like, why would you actively go out and pay money for someone who's an asshole? <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm going to, instead of just having a mate who's an asshole, I'm going to pay insurance for this asshole. I'm going to pay to feed this asshole. And... Yeah, that's. <laughs> do you know? Do you know where I think you get cat assholes from? You get cat assholes from like protection centres. If you get a kitten and you are 
around the kitten whilst it's growing up and you have an impact on how it matures i think mm. you can make cats to be nice animals like our cat came from a rescue center where it had been knocked i think it had been knocked well, it had been mistreated and i think uh. it had been knocked about before we got it because if you go to stroke the cat even today when we've he had puts his fists up yeah <laughs> uh, why i order come, come, on, come on give me a best job <laughs> you start fighting it and it's like a cartoon when there's just a roll of dust and it like <laughs> <laughs> a cloud of dust <laughs> feet sticking out. It ends with um, you just stroking him. <laughs> oh, come on. There, there. Um, I've, lo- you've, you've, I've lost my train of thought now. I don't know where I was going. Ah, yeah, today, if you have an impact, like, yeah, you if you have an impact as opposed to, as you said, Stevens has been knocked about. Yeah, and I I think that the cat has been psychologically damaged because when you go to put the ha- uh, your hand over the head, it, it ducks as if to be like, oh, so it's gonna, you're going to hit me. Do you know what I mean? It, that's mm-hmm. its natural reaction. And I think when they're young, I think you get this programming. Why Why are we talking about this? Because <laughs> you don't fuck with cats, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think they learn at an early age, and I think that has an impact on them. Because like I say, even, even seven years later, when mm-hmm. we, we, we look after the cat, it still, it still associates humans and hand over my head with, ah, that's not good. And it's like conditioned to think yeah. that way. I could see that. Yeah. Well, my mate's got like some scared little rescue dogs that like, depending on the type of person that stood in the room and how you're standing, the dog would like look at you and shiver Yeah, um, because he's been hit about by certain people. So yeah, I, I understand that. It's just uh, my, my reasoning for wanting a dog or deciding to go for a dog over a cat is, you know, I've got enough uncertainty in my life. I don't want the uncertainty of either being like clawed or bit or something. So I'm going to go for a dog because if I'm paying for something, I want it to love me. So I'm paying for the love. That's it. Okay. I'm, yeah, I, I, I want to I come mm-hmm. home and be like, hey, I've paid money for this thing. Oh, it's given me a hug. Oh, it loves me. It's so happy to see me. Best investment <laughs> ever. <laughs> see, my thought process there is that dogs are too needy. I need something yeah. that's independent that that isn't like ah oh, give me attention give me attention give me attention like that like that will go out kind of come in just nibble on what it needs to nibble on sort itself out doesn't need to be looked after twenty four seven isn't a pest isn't needy um and will just kind of do its own thing I need that because dogs <laughs> okay. are too much like love me love me love me and I'm like oh give it a rest like and then you've well, got I'd to pick say your shit your I see you is like when I described you as a pet earlier I'd say I see you more as like a dog than a cat do you interesting like yeah if I, if I don't know if if I come home and I've had a bad day then like I could imagine in the same way as a dog coming up to me you come up to be like hey what's going on how you doing? What's going on? <laughs> you sad? Why are you sad? Don't be sad. Don't be sad. Love. Yeah. Cool. Walk. Let's go for a walk. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, oh cool. Yeah. And Dude, like, I'm, my microphone has just crapped out and it's just stopped everything recording. Give me a sec. Oh, dear. <laughs> Cool, that's back. Um, what the hell are we talking about? I was comparing you to a dog, basically. Yeah, and it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, all I, 
so I'm back. I am back. Sorry, people. If there's a if and Travis ends up putting a bit of a uh, break in this, it's my fault. Um, <laughs> you were saying that I was a dog that rocks up and would greet you on your way home when you walk through the door, which I would, I would be like that with elements of a dog, but I'd like to think that I could walk myself and, and do deal with my own feces. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I wouldn't, I don't rely on you to do things for me. I think that's where I try to differentiate yeah. myself from a dog mm-hmm. so I can take care of myself. True. True. You have changed your own pants when you shit them. So there we that, go. That does qualify you for that. But to be honest, I don't know. From people I know who've who've got cats, still need to end up clearing up after them as well a lot of the time. So yeah, you can be. You can be. It's a it's a debate that will it will go on for years to to come. That yes. are you a cat or are you a dog person? And I think dogs are primarily always going to come out on top, really. Um, so. Yeah, nice people like dogs. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, no, <laughs> I can't say that your theory doesn't fit. Um, <laughs> I wish I could, but I can't. Um, have you done anything this week? Have you got any exciting news from the land of the sausage? Land of the sausage? Um, mm. No, not really. No. I, I spoke to the rudest ever receptionist today on the phone. It reminded me of you, actually. I was well, basically- say it again. The rudest receptionist. I was trying to trying to find a doctor's, uh-huh. and um, uh, I was ringing around trying to find um, uh, my insurance has like a list of ones that can also speak English. And I was ringing around, speaking in German when I on the phone, and Check you out. I was I was talking to one of them, and um, it got to the point where um, I said, uh, "Yeah, I'd like to know if uh, if you're t- taking on any um, any new patients and." Um, no, no, I was, I first went, no, I first was like, oh, um, according to my assurance, you guys, the doctor can speak English. Is that true? Da, 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 da. And they went, oh, we're not taking on any new pra- patients. Oh, okay. Um, and then I would just, I wanted to ask some questions just like, okay, so do you have a waiting list or something do, or, or someone else that you can recommend? And every time I tried to ask a question, she kind of went, no, 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 and I was like, what the what ah oh, that's awful oh that's my awful God. didn't even let you speak just was yeah. like yep it, mu- it must have been like dealing with me <laughs> yeah it was and the funny thing was i ended up uh, on the phone to like um uh, a practice which wasn't on the list and i was speaking to them and i was like hey yeah so i've been having these issues trying to find a doctor um does your- can the doctor speak english and she was like but you're speaking german and i went yes so i can mm-hmm. say hello and ask some questions but i can't say i'm experiencing some problems with my breathing that <laughs> i can't i can't convey yeah, yeah. information like and they went oh fair enough let me check turns out you know the guy was like no he, he's only confident doing it in just german but this this practice was the most helpful out of everybody so they were saying oh well usually it's like the way it works is this 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 and it got to the point where i was trying to work out what i could do next and she went i'll just turn up to one of them and just ask for help they can't turn you away just 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 rock up and just say like you need help and they can't just be like fuck off yeah so i was like oh cool Uh, i can't believe that woman was on the phone even that sounds a little bit like Ah, touch yeah. and go, isn't it? I don't. I, yeah, maybe. I, maybe I won't go to her <laughs> uh, to to that practice 
Uh, oh, please do. And just tell us what it's like. Well, I won't go for the appointment, but I'll go in and uh, I'll be like, uh, I'll walk up to the counter, wait for her to say something and go,
actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But boom, if you fucking <laughs> out. It's gonna be a long podcast if that's, <laughs> <laughs> if that's the quality of the banter you brought with you today. Um <laughs> it's gonna be a very long show. Okay. Uh no, yeah, where do you no what what I'm trying to get at is I was like from a production point of view you can only do so much with it right you know like how we talk about albums and we talk about you know little uh quips that they might put in in terms of like an intro or you know like a little uh what's the thing like do you know what i mean oh, what am i trying to say yeah like the effects the production like yeah, any no, all bits that's gonna style sometimes they'll do like a little interlude track or something do you know what i mean and they'll put that mm. in to lead into another track and stuff as well as like as well as the production and the composition of it actually kind of chucking in little creative one minute bits mm-hmm. and stuff like that this is literally like it, it, unless i've got this wrong in my head it's literally like there's a bloke that's turned up he's got one of those big microphones with a fluffy thing on it and he's like stuck it over john mayer's head and it's recorded the sound and then they've gone right shove that on spotify that is absolutely not what's happened (laughs) this 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 performance probably has over around 50 live tracks individual tracks so multiple vocal tracks multiple guitar tracks amp tracks direct tracks multiple drum mics probably more channels recording at one time than they would have had in like the live sessions Live sessions, they would have multi-tracked and recorded over previously recorded stuff. Um, But they have, yeah, multiple vocalists, multiple keyboard players and guitarists uh, throughout the whole of this. So you're saying it's harder? You're saying it's harder than doing a studio album? With a studio album, you can always go back and correct stuff and you can add something else. You can be... A good example is, do you remember Gautier? Um, Somebody that I used to know. Yeah, that was just a one-hit wonder, wasn't it? Um, Actually, both of his albums, fantastic. I love him. Really? I love the Yeah, yeah. I kind of was <laughs> like, who's this one then. hit who's this one hit wonder guy? And then uh, my mate was, you know, really excited about him and I actually checked him out. He's really good. But he recorded everything. Literally everything on the album was was him, apart from like, like the, the feature Rocket vocals. Um, does the same thing. And yeah, so he's done all of that himself. And like uh but when like someone like John Mayer, they might just do, he does a lot of his stuff live and then just tracks over it. Um, a lot of John Mayer's more recent stuff. He's been doing more like, um, like lo-fi beats and stuff that he's recording over as well. And he does a lot of that himself at, at the moment. Um, but whereas live, you can't just do it as one person. You need to perform as a group. And of course that's, you could, there's less you can do with that. At the end, mm-hmm. of course, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you can't just be like, oh, well, let's do it again. Can you get all of those 8,000 people back uh, tomorrow so we can try again and do another recording? Yep. Um, but one of the things they do do is if, he, if it's part of a court uh, tour, uh, they'll probably record every night. Okay. And what they'll do is they go, oh, shit, like the guitar string on the backing guitar broke at this time while well, we can take the audio from the song that they played the other night and kind of hide that in there a little bit, yeah, okay. which is something that they can do. But more often, obviously it's, you know, it's just completely uh, live. Uh, and what they would also probably do is they'd mic up the audience with overhead microphones, kind of, kind of like you had this, thought the whole thing would be recorded. This is like yep. what they would, um, 
do to get the audience sound as well. Um, yeah. And it's difficult to mix a live album, like how much of the audience do you want in there? How much do you not want? Especially with someone like John Mayer, who has recorded albums in the studio where they've just played live and then gone, yeah, that's, that's the take. And that's yep. been what they produced. You could probably cut out all of the audience microphones, focus on the close microphones that they've used to record and get quite a high quality John Mayer style production at the end of the day. Um, just because he's that kind of musician. But if you were doing it with something like, I don't know, um, an extremely heavy electronic artist or something like that, mm -hmm. even if you were playing something live, it probably wouldn't sound the same. For example, Caravan Palace, the electro swing mm -hmm. band, though they do mm -hmm. fantastic, fantastic live performances. If you just recorded it all live on the multi-track, you struggle to get the same sound that they have in the studio because it's such high production value and, you know, samples and effects and stuff like that. But yep. that's not to say it's not doable. Yeah, um, there we go. It's a lot more difficult. So do you, do you know much about him? Because this is, this is, I, one of my first thoughts was, right? Okay. Don't ask me why uh -huh. I thought this. <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> but one of my first thoughts was John Mayer, strikes me as the kind of guy you want to take home to your mum like he like he's good looking he's a musician like he plays these love songs that everybody can get into i was like he seems like mum material so i went to google as i do and i typed in <laughs> is john mayer nice that's what, that's what my google search was <laughs> okay have you have you ever looked up his backstory or have you ever looked him up i know quite a lot about John Mayer, I know that I I got into him after this album came out. So okay. this was the, f I, I got into him about 2010-ish. Um, and I know that he's he's been through a lot. Like he, he had to go on hiatus because he had needed vocal surgery for a while between the two, uh, two of his later albums. Um, he's dated a lot of like high profile celebrities, oh, mate. like Jennifer well, Aniston, at... Jess Jessica yeah, I Simpson. I love um, Jennifer Aniston as well. You know, our friends she... fan. Uh, oh, Katy she's... Perry as well. Yeah, Katy Perry's in there. Um, I wrote them down. I was just literally just like, oh really? my God, wow. Um, Jen Jennifer Aniston, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jessica Simpson, the ones that I've got written down. Mm. Yeah, so he's quite a prolific uh, he likes womanizer. Um, I don't know if he's a womanizer, but like, I mean, if you could, you would, wouldn't you? You're telling me that if you had those women approaching you, you'd be like, sorry, love. I never said that. Well, you kind of made it out like he's done a bad thing. He's a womanizer. Like, What's wrong with being a womanizer? Well, I wouldn't know. I'd love to be one, but <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's not happened. And I don't well, let me tell that, you, that. Luke, it's not all it's chucked up to be. <laughs> <laughs> I've been struggling for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, I, I, to be fair, I was like, fair play to him. I think Jennifer yeah. Aniston is the one, if, 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 if ever I don't turn up for a podcast episode and I give the podcast up, and I say no more, you will be able to confirm that I've finally met Jen and I've run off with her. That'd be the only reason I'd split up with you <laughs> is, if I met, is if I met Jennifer Aniston. Okay. <laughs> so, 
If I ever if I ever stop talking to you and like run off, you should be mm. proud of me because you know where I've ended up. Yeah. Um, okay. Otherwise, I wouldn't I wouldn't give you up for any bird. I don't think. Okay, I'd give you up for apart John from, Mayer, apart from Jen. Um, but like, I whacked my Google search in. Is John Mayer nice? And the third article, the headline is: Is John Mayer a douchebag? I was like, Oh Christ, I've got to read this. And I got, I got into, <laughs> I got into the nitty gritty behind it. Well, I say the nitty gritty. Basically, he just said a few stupid things when he was yeah. younger. That's that. That's kind of what it boils down to. Kind uh, of relatable as well, actually. Oh my, yeah, I, I was sitting there and I was like, because. There was an, this article basically finished off by saying John Mayer just needs somebody to occasionally sit him down and say, no, John, that's a bad idea. And here's why. And I was like, <laughs> I can, I can kind of like relate to that. I think everybody kind of needs that. <laughs> yeah. Some more than most though. Yeah. Granted. Yeah, Luke, that's I was, I can, you can't say he's a douchebag. Yeah. He's been with a lot of women and he said a few things that, you know, um, don't fly and I won't repeat. Um, but like on the whole, he seems like he's, uh, he's matured into a nice young gentleman. Now I say yeah. nice young gentleman. What is he? 42? No idea. No idea how old I he is. I th- I it's funny. Four, Cause I one of his, one of his favorite, one of his early, early songs, which is one of my favorites of his is, um, is quite fitting. And it, it, I related to this as, as well. And it's a song called my stupid mouth. And the opening line is, um, my stupid mouth has got me in trouble in a date over dinner yesterday. And I was like, yeah, I've been there before. Yeah. And, um, um, he's like, what are some of the, some of the lyrics in that? It's like, and then I remember that my mum said, think before speaking, well, I guess there's always next time. Whoops. (laughs) It's basically a whole song about that. And I, and I love it because it's, and I love John Mayer's lyrics. I I love Mm -hmm. so many of John, John, Mayor's lyrics, I listen and I'm just like, oh, I feel, I feel like he can really, really paint, he can paint a picture for you by being really, really specific. And so there's lyrics in like Why Georgia where he's like, uh, I'm driving 85 in the kind of morning that lasts all afternoon. And like, you can take those words and be like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what the hell does he mean there? But if you just sit, mm. listen to it and absorb it and you go, I'm driving 85 in the kind of morning that lasts all afternoon. And you can just kind of go, yeah, I think I know, I think I know how that feels. Like I don't, you're being very specific to how you felt at the time, but Mm. I kind of get it. And in the stupid mouth song, which uh, again, I really, really love. He he says, um, um, I could see that she was offended. I was rolling tiny balls of napkin paper. No, she was rolling tiny balls of napkin paper. So I played a quick game of chess with the salt and pepper shakers. And I was like, I know exactly what that feels like. I'm always like, oh, right. That was awkward. Uh, I guess I'm going to just like (laughs) fiddle with something here. And um, oh, yeah. Okay. I kind of made a picture there. Oh, whoops. Sorry. What were you saying? Yeah. (laughs) And I, I totally get it. Um, yeah, which is why I think well, I've, I've, done I've, that so, so I've done that so many times. I, I even kind of felt like that for when we get to reviewing the documentary. I felt like that with the documentary. Like I do, I do stuff like that all the time when I say and do things, and then you go, "Oh no," and it's just not well received, is it? Um, but mm. you get used to it after a while. You put yourself in so many awkward um, situations that you just kind of I don't know. 
you just stop resonating, I think, with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm at the stage where it's like, oh, you've done something stupid. Oh, cool. Right, moving on. Yeah, and do you remember like, when you were at school and you really cared? You were like, mm. oh, no, I can't I can't do that because, like, oh, oh, my God, I've just walked into class with my flies undone or something. Um, yeah, whereas now you're just you like, can- oh, ah, whoops. <laughs> well, yeah, like I wouldn't even register it. I, w- I don't even think I'd make that noise. I'd just zip it up. Like, mm. I'd just flies up sorted um but i, I once went to thing. work in my pajamas by accident wow fuck off hang on how how have you done that that's not even i wouldn't do that there is no I, way hey hang on who's wearing pajamas how old are you what's on these pajamas not oh well so this is why i got away with it for this so is, long so basically this is bullshit it is it is um i'm cool just a bullshit. white it's just a white t-shirt and the trousers that I'm wearing right now, actually, um, which are just like, I've seen them. That's exactly, I've got a picture of you <laughs> wearing them, having a wee on my phone. Do you want me to get it? No. Anyway, um, so I went to work. So basically what had obviously happened, I got out of bed, took these off, mm-hmm. put my pants on. And was just so not paying attention that I put these back on instead of picking up the trousers that I was meant to put on for work. I picked up what I was wearing in bed and put them back on. Okay. okay. And so I got to work. Okay. And of course, what have I'm you sat- on your top half though. You've got your normal white, shirt. white t-shirt. Because right. I sleep in a white t-shirt, so I was just wearing a white t-shirt. So I'm sat there at my desk working away. So hang on. You you you've slept in it and then worn it to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Travis, do you not smell? No, no, I didn't smell apparently. But and, I was, I was and, so- and you put your shoes on without noticing that your trousers were your pajama trousers. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, you're a tuner. And so I'm sat at my desk for like most of the morning. And because I'm sat at my desk, no one really notices because I'm wearing just a white t shirt. But it's when yeah. I, I went up to, because I had to go to the workshop and like <laughs> ask one of the engineers something. I get up and walk around my desk and my. My team leader's on the other side of the room and he kind of does a double take and goes. <laughs> James, <laughs> what? What are you wearing? Huh. Fancy that. <laughs> and then just carried on with the rest of my day. You're not wearing those trousers, you're in your pants. Oh. Sorry, I lied to you. I thought you were Thanks, in thanks for trousers. sending <laughs> Right, that's <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> um... Yeah. Okay, so I see the mistake you've made, and those trousers to just confirm are kind of trousery-ish. They're not pajamas the in the sense of yeah, yeah. They've not got like I expected you Captain to have America ones with more, shields or more something. hammers or something on your pajamas. Yeah, um, you've got paint my own pajamas where you can paint in the pajamas <laughs> with war, <laughs> the pajama warhammer figures on there. Um, oh. I, okay, I kind of believe you now. First of all, I was like, I do not believe. I'm not usually that bad. I have my moments. But I've tangented off anyway from what we were talking about. How did we get about. from John Mayer to pajamas? Doing stupid shit, which is apparently what John Mayer's done a couple of times. So. Ah, okay. Fair play to him. So Fair play to the lad. So should we talk about... So how are we going to talk about this? Because there's so many tracks here. I, don't, mm-hmm. I know we like to sometimes go track by track. Well, um, I think because obviously on um, studio albums, there's a lot of details and high production that's been put into every track. But this was a live performance um and so it's divided into three sections yeah he starts with his acoustic set uh of uh, of five songs then he gets uh, the john mayer trio on 
which is uh, John Mayer, Pino Palladino, and Steve Jordan. And they play the they play like a blues set with some uh, rocking tracks, including uh, he's got two Jimi Hendrix covers in there as well, uh, which is Has really he? really cool. Which ones are the Hendrix covers? I didn't even spot that. Uh, Bold as Love is a Hendrix, and Wait Until Tomorrow is another Hendrix as well. And then Bold as uh, Love, yeah, Bold as Love is a pretty big Hendrix track actually as well. Didn't know that. No, do you know what? I didn't know that. What was the other one? Uh, wait until tomorrow. Wait until tomorrow. Where's that? Didn't even know. Because I noticed the BB King one, one. obviously, and the Tom Petty cover. The BB King one? Yeah. Every day I have the blues. It's BB King track, isn't it? Or have I just made a fuck up here? Oh no. Yeah. BB King's done it, but it's like a, it's like a standard blues song. So it's like, I didn't um, know that. It's like when you learn when you're first learning the blues. But right, yeah, okay. yeah, of course, yeah. And free fall, and free falling is a Tom Petty track. I'm pretty sure of that. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that that cover. is that track, free falling, as part of the acoustic set, received a lot of critical praise, and I oh, think it's an amazing it's awesome. cover. It's an amazing yeah, cover. It is a great um, cover. There's also another little cover in there at the beginning of Gravity. He does a little bit which is cool, where he goes, "I got dreams." I got dreams, which is uh, him singing part of an Otis Redding song as well. Ah, never knew that. That's a little cool bit. That is one thing I like about him is that like he's, I mean, it's, he seems he's very technically capable on the guitar. Um, He can can shred. The man can shred. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Basically what I'm trying to say is he... I like how talented he is, basically. You know, like you get a, you get a lot of singer-songwriters these days um, that just kind of play a little bit of guitar. Um, you know, like, mm-hmm. you, uh, like I don't know, your Jason Mraz style, like will just play some chords mm-hmm. and sing a song. Um, but I think he's very, like, I, I love how, I love how bluesy he is. Exactly. That's one of the things that yeah. really gets me with him. Like, like his first few albums are like blues guitarist he is it's very cool. pop pop guitarist guy is was his like first few albums and then people were like oh fucking hell john mayer like that pop guy that you want to take home to meet your mum or something yeah and then as people started to like as he started to get famous started to change his sound do his own things um especially with continuum where he gets a lot bluesier everyone kind of went holy shit he's actually really fucking good and he's really yeah, good. I'd say, I'd say he's the best contemporary guitarist um, at the moment. I'd agree with you, and 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 that's one thing because I'll be honest with you, Rob. I've never really gone. I've known of John Mayer. I've kind of liked some of his tracks, but mm-hmm. I've never really gone into like and really listened to him. And one of my finishing comments on like when I was reviewing this album, just to jump to the end, I I, I said this album. Is, it's, it sounds stupid, but I said this album is way better when you actually listen to it because mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. All, with John Mayer stuff, I've always just been like, oh, John Mayer, put it on, go through the motions. It's yeah. kind of cute. It's the poppy singer-songwriter stuff. I actually sat down and listened to this album and properly listened to it and was like, oh my God, he's really good. Mm. Like, Yeah, he's good. He's, and I, th- I think the track, that so highlights, the track that highlights how good he is is actually... Um, Neon, which is the beginning track. Like we, ah, as we yeah. said, we always love 
Yeah. A good opener. The and so, good. so Neon, if you know the original version of Neon, it is on an electric guitar with a full band on the original album that it came on. Now, this is the opening song of the acoustic set, and it's just acoustic guitar and John. And he's playing and singing at the same time. And he kind of starts with this, um, this kind of little solo at the beginning. He's kind of enticing you in. And I, I'm pretty sure like up and up until the point where the song fully starts, you don't really know what the first song's going to be. Yeah. Like you're there I, and you're I like, I completely agree. He's, agree he's twiddling away, twiddling away. And then he says, do you, and then you recognize that and you're just going and and the where's that come from and i I think this is what helps with it being like a live album as well because the audience goes oh yeah they're they're like freaking out with you as well because you're just like this is so good and it's such a technically difficult song to put it into context my mate uh the sloth fantastic guitarist the sloth he 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 struggled to get it down. He struggled to get the song technically down and playable. And that's just playing the guitar. And John Bay is doing it and singing at the same time. It's yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. It, and, it uh, is incredible how that, that that how he's got the ability to do that and solo and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then still sing at the same time. That's a real yeah. it's it's a real talent to be able to do that. But mate, I'm so glad that you said that because I feel exactly the same way about that opening mm-hmm, track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think what's quite funny is you can tell that which songs the crowd know by the screams. Because mm-hmm. if they recognise, they scream louder. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah. You know? <laughs> well, if that's, it's a that's interesting because they, they they get more excited. Well, that's because um, that's quite interesting because one of my favourite songs is an unreleased song, and it's only on this album. Um, so on the acoustic cassette, we have Neon. Stop this train came from the album that was released just before this live album, and then in your atmosphere hadn't been released before you and like that one do you i like I it huge. Mm, I, I, to be honest i every single song on the acoustic part i loved most of the tree and like the majority of the rest i absolutely loved as well there are a couple ones where it's there are only a couple of songs where i was i wouldn't skip any songs but i don't i, I wouldn't say they're bad it's just in the context of having such amazing songs either side of them kind of overshadowed them. That's the only kind of negative part of this, this album that I really have, mm. um, which I just realized probably going to make the rest of the review sound really, really boring. But um, yeah. I am um, one that got me was come when I call. Like it's re- I've wrote an, I've wrote a next to it, a rinky tinky tinky because it's like very, yeah. It's better. Do you know what? Do you know it's the kind of song that you'd have playing in a speakeasy bar? Yes. It had this yes. image of me and you like sitting in a speakeasy, like just a glass of whiskey, just like, oh, that is a cool track. Um, but for me, like, what do I like? What do I like on here? Um, Neon, first track, Wicked, yeah. Free Fall In. Um, I would say mm-hmm. I've, I've highlighted that one as one that I really like. Come when I call. Um, good love is on the way, kind of. Um, waiting on the world to change. Slow dancing in a burning room. Why mm-hmm. Georgia? Uh, all the ones that I've highlighted. Okay, um, so I actually found. Do you know what? To to counteract your enthusiasm, I actually <laughs> found the ending really boring. From I don't trust myself. Uh, mm-hmm. through till the end. I don't know if it's because I was kind of like, I've been in this for two hours now, mm-hmm. really trying to focus on 
what's going on and 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 I, and I do think right that like once you get past the his ability the bluesiness the 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 feel once you settle into the feel of the album mm-hmm. that's kind of what you've got for two hours and it is a long time to have almost the same thing if you enjoy it you're mm-hmm. really gonna like it but if you don't like the vibe <laughs> it's the same vibe throughout do you see where i'm going so you true in I the way by the end i was like mm. well uh, the, the acoustic set is short, the shortest part, and that kind of sets it up, and I enjoy that throughout. Uh, the trio set, I like... Um, Come When I Call is, is is a cool song. I really do like it's it. It's very cool. Um, but I love um, Wait Until Tomorrow. Um, Good Love Is On The Way is my favourite out of all of those. That's the one I always go back to. Um just because Why? as far as a guitar riff, guitar riff, to be honest, I don't really know the lyrics that well, but like it's the guitar riff, the bass riff and the, the, the drums and the soloing throughout it is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So do you know what the riff from the, the, the he strikes a chord at that, doesn't it? It goes down. He, he opens it. Do, do you know what it, down, do you know down, yeah, down. yeah 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 and yeah. do you know what that chord reminded me of um thunderstruck by acdc yeah i think it's the same key it's it's, it's yeah. it feels like exactly the same key i was always expecting yeah, yeah. it to go da-na-na-na, after he hits yeah. that chord um there is, is some that- good solo in in that for sure um the mate i found myself sick because every single song like i feel has a hidden kind of meaning behind it do you know what i mean so actually like when Mm -hmm. you sit and listen to them again i was like okay what does that mean what does this mean so if you talk about good love is on the way to me that screams like he's just broken up with somebody but it's okay because good love is on the way like things are going to get better he's going to meet somebody else um Mm. stop this train is very much like I like being young and I don't want to get old. Yeah. Um, so stop this train now type thing. But the one yeah, that that's got, got, that's got a good one lyric in it, which is, um, stop this train. Um, like, yeah, stop this train. It's like, I asked my father what he think, um, uh, what, asked my father what's getting old is like, he said, you'll renegotiate. Mm. Or he said, turn 68 and then you'll renegotiate. And I was like, yeah, he really is. Yeah, like exactly what you said. He's um, scared of getting older as well. So, Well, the, the, well yeah. it says it. So the lyrics I've highlighted from that song is, I'm so scared of getting older. I'm only good at being young. So I play the numbers game to find a way to say my life has just begun. Yeah. And I'm like, you, you do do that, don't you? you get, yeah, you're like, like, I'm getting oh, I'm to 30. 30. Oh, yeah, yeah but... <laughs> Yeah, but like I could live to ninety, so I'm not even halfway a third of the way through yet. You know, exactly. Yeah, I get you it. Do, I get you it, do yeah. do that, and I was like, that is so relatable because you spend your whole life going, "Oh, I'm only actually this age. I've got so much more time to go." Yeah. And I can remember being like twelve, thinking thirty years old, you're dead. Like, yeah, you might as well. You might as so, well. So the line, the line well was, uh, "Had a talk with my old man. Said, help me understand." He said, "Turn sixty-eight. Oh, you'll renegotiate." How's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like cool. your perspective when you're 68 years old is going to be so, so different. different. Yeah. To, it's always good now. to ask, ask people that age, like, um, you, do you know, feel for old? advice. No, um, I've never asked them, do you feel old? <laughs> <laughs> that's just like, it's just like, hey, <laughs> that's just like, hey, do you want a reason uh, to get annoyed at me? Well, I'm going to ask you a question that's going to help you. 
How how does it feel being old? <laughs> do, you feel, do you feel old? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Have James. Have you picked out a coffin yet? <gasps> um. <laughs> what, would you, what would you look for in a coffin? What would I what would I look for in a coffin? Yeah. Um I'd say to I do you know what I'd say to you lot like don't don't spend a lot on the coffin. It's not worth it. Like Oh, keep, I wouldn't. Yeah. Get just if if I can fit in a black sack, just that will do. Get me in a black sack, have a bit of a shindig, send me off, keep the money and and do something with it. Go on a skiing yeah. holiday or something. I'd much rather know that you lot have gone and had a good time. Like rather than bought me a fancy coffin, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not bothered. Have, oh, have, that's, you, have you seen how I dress funny. now? I'm not I think you've got all right. Out in... I think you, think you dress quite nicely. Do you? Oh, thanks. Well, you've got a nice jumper on. I've got a hoodie on, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, we're looking grey today. Very grey. But it was what, what's funny is um, I don't know if I ever told you, but my um, my grandma's ashes are um, are in a Tupperware. Oh, that's beautiful. I, that's and, beautiful. And. Um, so, so my dad, uh, so my granddad and, um, uh, and his now partner, both of their partners passed away however long ago. And her husband, uh, her husband's ashes are like in this really, really beautiful urn on top of the mantelpiece. And next to them is my grandma's in a Tupperware. <laughs> and it, I think, I think they had them in the Tupperware and they kind of went, Oh, what should we put them in? It's like, well, she did love her Tupperwares. She'd always have like a whole <laughs> ridiculous stash <laughs> well, of Tupperware. She did. Love her Tupperware. She did. No. And I think, what, I think, it's, I think it's the best. I think it's the best thing. I think it's. The, I think yeah, it's so funny. Fair play. Like, yeah, no, I, it is very good. I think my aunt really made good. it as a joke, and then she's like, "Why did you guys listen to my joke?" And no, it's, I think it's really cute. Okay. I think it's really funny. Um, <laughs> but I could talk about quite a few of them that I was all trying to figure out what the hidden meaning is. But the one mm-hmm. that got me was why Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. So this would be the last kind of thing I said, mm-hmm. because I've always thought why Georgia was a love song about a girl called Georgia. You know, like this is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I put him on mm-hmm. in the background. I've been like, oh yeah, he's a love song. Um, but when you listen to it, I was like, it's quite cool because it's relatable for a lot of people. Uh, it, it's you know, like him questioning, is he do, he's, he's kind of getting to that age where he feels like, because he's obviously never been married and never had kids. And mm-hmm. he was, I don't know when he wrote this song, but he, he obviously was getting to that age where he was like, um, should I be married? Should I have kids? And all the rest of it. And he's asking the question if he's living it right, because he doesn't know if he's kind of doing the right thing or should be further mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. in his life. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's, that's relatable. I, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I I had fun. I think with it was 2003. This was, but I don't know when Why Georgia came out. It must have been before. That was oh, that was no, no that was 2003. This was this album's 2007. Yeah. Okay. It was recorded um, in 2001. Actually, I think. Now I'm looking at it. So anyway, I enjoyed. Oh that well, part of it. there's there's a little there's a little thing here about the lyrics, which yeah, is which is, is the song going to make me look like a fucking Wally. No 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 no. Um, uh, the song is autobiographic and touches on his experience with having a quarter life crisis, as it says. Yeah. Um, it was just he after he, he just, uh, it was just after he moved to Atlanta after dropping out of, uh, Berkeley college of music. And though he was pursuing his dreams, he had doubts as to whether he'd be successful or not. In one interview, he said, I remember getting into some pretty dismal places, money wise and opportunity wise, kind of looked at my guitar and said, it's just you and me. I'll go wherever you take me. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, so I wonder I sometimes understand. about the outcome of a still verdictless life. Am I living it right? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. He's, he's a good. good. He's a good kid. That kid. That Don Myers. Yeah, I mean, he's just, we should go. Just a bit misunderstood. We should. Yeah, he is definitely misunderstood. We should. We should go and see him if he ever does anything again. Yeah, I've um, seen it. I've seen him live. Actually, I actually I sent you. You, I sent you a gig and you refused <laughs> to go, so you turned me down. Over over in America, um, yeah, 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 on a farm. But um, it's a festival, you know. It's not just his gig. Did you know that when you sent it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm conscious of the fact that we've been reviewing him for an hour, so we should probably. Uh, well, I mean, we did have technical difficulties as well. <laughs> yeah, so we should yeah. probably. I reckon. I reckon we should. I reckon we, we should. should make a decision. Um, a decision. The decision. It's pretty fucking obvious, isn't it, what we're going to do? Well, yeah, I, I, I literally started this by saying, oh, the only bad thing about it is that the songs on it are too good. <laughs> so, kind of spoiled it there, didn't I? So Yeah, we'll do the thing. Yeah, do the thing. Uh, do the thing. The thing that everybody loves. Um, Ooh, ka, ka, ka. When it's going in, it is And when it's a Travis Pepper playlist time It's going in, it is And when it's a Travis Pepper playlist time <laughs> So that was John Mayer with Where the Light Is live in LA And it's gone in to the Travis Pepper playlist The misunderstood man that is John Mayer Mr. Misunderstood Mayer that's that's there we go. That's how we do. That's um, how we do. Fantastic. That's lovely. Wee time. Seriously. Just quick. Yeah, just a quick one. We've already had a technical malfunction. Now the technical malfunction is you needing to pee. Um, right, here we go. Under the soil, oh. under the soil. Uh, do I? Have I felt bad about this. The- you know, like we were saying about misunderstood and saying things that are bad. You know, like it opens up and it's like a really serious documentary, and I straight away I was like, oh god, I feel bad about singing under the soil last week. You know, and I was like, oh was, god, I've forgotten about that. I was like, under the soil, and then it opens up, and it's like about suicide and depression. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, hold on, hold on. Could you just do a quick, uh, quick line of under the soil for me? Just, just, uh, just hit me with a one line from the song. Under the soil, under the soil, darling, it's better down where the mud is. Under the soil, okay. Up on the grass, they. Oh, sorry. Under the Soil takes an unyielding look at the current mental health crisis in Britain, British agriculture. Through personal and emotional testimony, we hear the stories of three individuals, all of whom have had struggles with mental health and, for some, suicide. Yeah. That's oh my God, Luke. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's like, you know, when you make a joke and somebody's like, it's not funny because my mum's died or something, and you're like, oh, God. I was just, I was just sitting there, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, sorry, guys." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those John Mayer um, moments where you're just like, someone should have sat you down, and probably I should have yeah. said, uh, "Luke, don't sing under the soil." Please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's 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 not it's not like it's not funny because something bad's happened. What you did was funny. And also bad stuff has happened as well, which is a shame. Yeah. But so this um, this is this is something that you can't really joke about, this documentary. 
yeah, well, yeah, it's not a joke by all means at all. Like, um, I, I'll, I, I'll start off with kind of like an overview of what um, what I thought. So, tell people what it is under the soil. It's a documentary. Yes. Cool. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I just I just read the description after you did oh, your. Right. You read it. Song. Okay. Fine. 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 Okay. <laughs> I thought I thought that was pretty accurate. That's what the oh, people was... who made it said said it was about. Oh, uh, um, what was I talking about? Um, yeah, so I'd say um, what's what's happened here in this documentary is um, you've got a universal issue, the universal issue of mental health, and what the documentary does is it kind of looks how it's been concentrated in a specific industry because of multiple unclear factors. Now, these factors can occur in multiple um, multiple industries, multiple life directions that you're going in, other people are experiencing. Um, but what this kind of platform of the British agriculture industry is being used for in this documentary is showing you all of these kind of points that are contributing and they all seem to occur in this kind of uh this this industry so it's very very concentrated because there are things about it like at the beginning of the documentary when they were mentioning some of the factors that were help having an effect on the mental health of some of these all of these farmers <clears throat> point by point number one or two i was there going yeah, I mean, but you get all of these in other jobs as well. You get this kind of thing in other jobs, like, mm. and there's part of me that went, "What makes, what makes it so special with this industry?" Mm. And then it's kind of by the end of the like fifty minutes or whatever, you kind of gone, okay, like it's a lot of so many different factors that not many or very very few industries seem to have all of these factors all at once. For example, like. I didn't I didn't realize how secluded the day-to-day -day work is how low like lonely it is which is what they focused on because I'm like I, I go to work I have zoom calls even even now working from home I'm in contact with loads and loads of people as part of my job and like you work down at Lidl's or whatever and you, you talk to all of your of the people you work there mm -hmm. and it was the point where they were talking about one of the solutions that they had for the problem um, when like a mechanic would come onto the farm to look at, like check out the tractor, he might've been the only person that this person's spoken to in like a week because they've been just going out. And I don't know if maybe if you're, if you can talk to animals, no one's Dr. Doolittle in real life, unfortunately, but you kind of, mm. I didn't realize that. I didn't even think about that. I was just like, yeah, get to have fun in your tractors. It's, it's, well, yeah, because they were yeah, saying just... that the tractors and the machinery are the reasons why they're now on their own. Because before you'd need teams of people to plough the fields and ride yeah. the horses and that kind of stuff. But the machinery has meant that now you can do everything by yourself. But the downside of, like, of that is, like you say, they might be um, on the farm for weeks without really seeing anybody. And then they don't get away from it as well, which I thought was quite interesting because they work on the farm. They live on the farm. So they're yeah. constantly in the office. There's no separation between mm -hmm. work and home because yeah. home is, you know, it's like, it's like it's having a tent. It's like having a tent in the office, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I... You leave your desk and then go and sleep in a corner of the room. Yeah. 
I mean, I I already acknowledge the the fact that I don't like the fact that this is the desk that I work on, and it's in the same room as my bed here. So the place mm. where I sleep is also the place where I work. I already see the downsides of that, but then to have like your entire home being your entire office as well, mm. it's far more like annoying as well. And um, I think it's the guy Matt. So the first person you meet is a guy called Matt. Who oh, I um, liked him. I, was, I, I, I could sit and have a beer with him. He seemed yeah, like a really he, nice guy. He, <laughs> he reminds. I thought like if we if we could just sit and have a chat with Matt, I think we'd have a we'd have a nice natter. Should we try and get and, to him? Should we see if we can get him? Yeah. Should we search? Do you want me to search for him? Do you want me to? Do you know the people that did the documentary? Yeah, yeah. I can ask them and see if they can uh, put yeah, us in touch get, with him. Get, try and get in touch with Matt. Yeah. yeah let's do it. Well, we, right. <laughs> hey, can you yeah. get us in touch with Matt? We want to take him for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> we like. We love the documentary. We don't want to talk to the people that made it. <laughs> we, we want to oh. talk to the guy that's in it because <laughs> he seems entertaining. Oh, Makes it okay. Really nice. I'll think about how to phrase it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so so Matt's someone who he he was basically took out a big mortgage to go on to to make a big investment in his um uh in his farm. So he bought six hundred sheep, I think it was, and he was ready to you know be the farmer that he always wanted to be. And then he lost so many 600 of them. Six hundred sheep. He lot. lost so many of them uh, when we had those storms last year. At the beginning beast of last from year. the east, beast from the east, yeah. And so he told the story about over like 20, 24 hours. He was going out on a quad bike, only able to save one sheep at a time, and each tri- trip because he couldn't get there with all the snow and everything that was going on. And I was like, I, yeah, it was one of those things where it was like, if you fuck up at your job or something goes wrong in your job. There's lots of liability insurance and stuff like that out there, um, which 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 can help you. So like, because I work for a company and stuff like that, I'd never ever think that I'd be in a job where it's suddenly, oh, the weather's bad. Fuck you, no profit this year. Like, I didn't. Even, that's one of the things that I didn't consider as well mm. before, before. Yeah, and it ties in hand in hand with the fact that like you get paid a salary. So you know at the end of the yeah. month what's going to drop into your bank, whereas even he need, it depends on how many sheep he may sell. It depends what the prices are in the market when he's selling the sheep. So you can't even forecast and say, oh, okay, when I sell these sheep, I'm going to make X amount because the price at the gate could be different. Mm. So you can't, mm. you know, like your livelihood is also dependent on basically the going rate for sheep and how many you've managed to keep alive and all the rest of it. Like there's so many factors that go mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, I would like to have got a bit, like a bit more information from like the Matt Matt's like day to day life because I didn't know if it was just like the sheep were for the wool or whether he was breeding them or I didn't really understand. What, well, he spoke what a lot about lambing, didn't he? So lambing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing um, breeding. So I didn't know what was going to, you know. Of, of course, wool is obviously a very obvious use for sheep as well. Um, but he, he <laughs> cheers, mate. <laughs> Thanks for pointing out. <laughs> Mate, I'm, I read into this stuff. It's like you and lyrics, you know? You're like, I know what he's really talking about. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I see shit. the facts. Um, yeah, and so he was talking, he talks a lot about having to make the decisions there and then about which sheep were going to survive because they'd been frozen to 
the ground or something like that in the middle of a storm whilst he was trying to decide who lives, who dies, put them on the back of a truck and bring them all home. So um, it was it was so strange to see like how that had an effect on him. And they interviewed his wife as well, who kind of explained how it was looking from the outside. And mm -hmm. um, um, what he said was very difficult was when when he goes to the pub with his mates and he puts on like the shirt instead of, it's not like he turns up in his farmer gear. He puts on the nice shirt to go out with his mates and mm. uh, he's no longer a farmer hopefully guy to them. Us. Yeah. That will hopefully. Hopefully. We'll time. take him out. Um, yeah. Hopefully we can do that. But he, yeah, he puts on and no one sees him as a farmer. So no one really knows what's going on on the farm. So even like his disconnect is, he can't really process anything when he's out mm. there with his mates. Which was, which was difficult. And yeah, I've just got a big thing here next to Matt's name saying modernization. And yeah, demand. he was cool. He was very cool. I think out of all of the stories that were on there, Emma's was the most powerful because obviously she was the one that lost somebody. You know, like mm -hmm. in Matt's case, Matt, Matt didn't commit suicide. I think it was then Tony and Tim or something. Tony, Tony. and Tim. It was his son that stopped him. Stopped him from hanging himself. Um, yeah, but obviously he survived. Whereas Emma, uh, she obviously lost her husband because uh, mm -hmm. he, he killed himself. Um, and that was the one story that I was like, this one. If the documentary is weird, if the documentary didn't have that in, I don't think it'd be as powerful mm -hmm. because, I mean, that story was really you, you just you, you your heart just sank when she said it. You knew it was coming. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, you knew mm -hmm. what she was going to say, but but when she said it, your heart just sank and you just oh, you really felt for her. Um, and mm -hmm. I thought it was amazing what she'd done. Like she's obviously started, she she's turned it into her biggest strength, hasn't she? And she's now yeah. leading this charity. Um, that was, that, that was interesting. And I think that was, that's what kind of stopped the documentary from just being a load of sad stories, but like, a, yeah, we're kind of all right now is the fact that the end of Emma's story is she kind of, um, one of the things that got me is how aware her husband was of um, the issues he was facing. It wasn't like he was completely blind to what was going on with his own mental health and how it's affecting others. Because he, he texted her before he did it saying, um, with, a, with, with a message, or no, he wrote, wrote the letter, you wrote and a it said, it said pages. Yeah. And one of the things he said in it, which got me was, I know that you can help me, but maybe you could help someone else and some other people. Um, and that That's was mad, the, that was kind of what she took on board um, when making the group. And of course, when she was saying that she wanted to do something, I was there watching it going, what are you going to do? I don't know how you, how do you solve it? What's going to happen? And um, the solution that she, she mentioned that that was a problem, convincing a load of farmers to go to a, uh, what was it, like a support group mm. when, you know, they've got such demanding and variable work hours. Mm -hmm. I think like the average farmer works 65 hours a week. Mm. Um, so it's basically just under 10 hours every day. And I was like, okay, yeah. How are you going to get them all in a town hall? Um, to do all of this mm -hmm. and um, what the, the what the group decided to do was to form 
um what find the people like like the people who like i said that mechanic that comes onto the farm Mm. once it's the first person that that person's seen in a week so she decided to train like the vets the the feed preps the uh the mechanics to notice symptoms of just make depression and mental anything and so that people can you know it's the first person that they've seen in a week or few and you you go okay something is off he doesn't seem in the right place maybe maybe we could do something on and Mm. teaching people what to do in those scenarios is what she kind Mm -hmm. of decided to do which i think is wonderful um Mm. Cause it, cause it said that, um, there was a stat in there. And I mean, it, 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 the stat said 81% of farmers under 40 believe that mental health is the biggest problem. They gave you no sample size for that. So I don't know. I don't know what 81, if they've gone around every single farmer out there, then fair play to them. But they've got like, a Facebook group. It, yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's obviously, you know, like a really big issue and it is something that's hard. And let me, I'll ask you. And you can, we, we can cut this from the podcast if you don't want to keep this in there because um, it might be a bit too close to the line. But would you, if you were struggling, would you reach out? Would you say anything to me, for example? Um, yes. Yes, I would. I um, would. Yeah, I've been very um, lucky. Um, I've had a lot of friends that are concerned for other friends' mental mental health and mental well-being and a lot of friends who have kind of taken the taken it on board that are a lot of men don't usually open up about mental health issues or Mm. what they're dealing with um so they kind of they're a bit extra precautious about their male friends trying to convince them to talk talk about their emotion and and friends of mine that have been (laughs) concerned have actually kind of it hasn't stopped them asking and you know making sure that they're sure that you know i'm okay but i'm very open with my emotions and like how I'm feeling and what, what I tell mm. whether I'm dealing with something. And like, I, I used to be really, really concerned about it. Like when I was in school, what people thought about how I was feeling, but then I got to the point where I stopped kind of caring in a way. So if I was to say, I, Oh, I'm not doing too well this month, dot, dot, dot to someone. I don't care if they think, oh, um, that's not a, it's like, oh, well, what do you want me to do about yeah, it sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, 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 sure. Cause I'm like, I'm not t- telling you so that you can solve anything or you can change what you're doing. I'm doing it cause I need to talk about it and I need to be able to talk about it. And I'm very lucky that I've had, uh, like the friends that I've decided to make over the years have all been very, very good listeners and really non judgmental as well so i've just got used i basically had on-demand therapy um with the friends that i've had because i've been like oh i've had a bad fucking week or this has gone wrong and they've just kind of sat there and gone oh okay yeah yeah do what tell me tell me about it let it out you know it's okay to talk about it and Mm. i'm very lucky that i've uh, done that so i would you know and that's not to say like Oh, I'm always fine. Don't, no need to check up on me or anything like that. You know, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone that I know, um, does it. But, but by being honest with like my emotions makes it easier for, for them as well. I've got a friend who is like, she really wanted to know if, uh, she'd upset me or something. 
And um, I was like, no, it's absolutely fine. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, when have I ever lied to you about my emotions and how I'm feeling? And that was enough for her to go, oh, yeah, cool. I didn't. Right. Thank you for being honest. And like it, it turned, it, it kind of stops a drama or something like stops something dead in its tracks uh, that could be worse than the actual thing that you're talking about. You know, the actual mm -hmm. thing that actually they thought happened. So, and but I get that lots of people don't, but because I've been so eager to like be so open with so many people, I, I generally can pick up quite often when people have something that they want to say, but aren't saying it. Um, so I do try and encourage people that, you know, to say, yeah. just say anything like, you know, what's, what's, what's the harm? You know, especially with me, I'm harmless. You know, <laughs> you tell me something, I'll be like, oh, Travis's <laughs> therapy session. It's like, ah, you've, uh, <laughs> you've been emotional in front of me. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with that information, but mm. yeah, thanks. You know, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm inoffensive. I, I try with people, but I can sometimes not be the best. I'm not, you know, sometimes. Listen, it's, like, it's cause you're half deaf, aren't you? Yeah, I'm not. I, no, I do. I am. I, I'm there. I'd like to think I'm there for people when they need me. But like, I don't think if I had any mental health problems, I don't think I'd tell anybody. I don't. I wouldn't be able to admit it. I wouldn't be able to in my head. I wouldn't. I'm. I'm very lucky that I think mentally. I'm. I'm very. I've never even wobbled. I don't think. You know. I, mm. My my point of view is my life is so good. And I'm so privileged and I'm so lucky to live the life I do. What the fuck have I got to moan about? I've got absolutely zero. So mm. I've got nothing. So I don't understand. I know that depression and anxiety and everything is, 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 is legitimate and I'm not belittling it. But what I'm saying is I'm very lucky that I don't think I'll ever face it. Um, and if I did, I think I would try so hard to tell myself I'm like mm. the, that, it, that I just need to get on with it. Do you know what I mean? I, I would, I'd really struggle to actually go to somebody and do what you said and say, okay, uh, yeah, I'm really struggling and here's why. Because I would just talk to myself and say, Luke, you just got pushed through because life isn't bad. Mm. So I, yeah, I, I'd push myself into a hole. So touch wood, I'll be lucky enough never to face any problems. Mm -hmm. um, or if you I'm do, the, I'm, I'm do, the other you're... spectrum to you. Yeah. But, uh, oh, but, if, or but if you this, do, you'll be lucky if you, uh, you, you decided to, you can tell me, tell you what you can, if, 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 if you're struggling, you can write in anonymously and I'll, uh, I'll answer. <laughs> what me writing anonymously to you? You'll know who it is then. Um, you'll be able to tell the spelling, by my handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ. He tries, but, um, no, this on the whole, this documentary, like I did find it 50 minutes, easy, easy to digest. Mm -hmm. Um, I did enjoy it. Uh, it was very gripping. I was listening. I was listening the whole time. Do you know what I mean? I, there was not one point when I picked my phone up and thought, "Oh, I'll have a little fiddle" or anything like that. Um, I was just like very locked yeah. in to it. Um, I thought that the production was well put together. Um, I did think to myself, if we ever do the the video blog of Travis Pepper meeting the rag, maybe we can tap your friends up to do that. Well, we'll get them um, on tour crew, tour crew, <laughs> tour crew. Yeah, get them to do that because they, it was very well put together. And I'd, yeah, I'd recommend it. To be fair, hmm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was. Do you know what I drew a parallel to living with me and my OCD? 
Like Living With Me and My OCD was a serious documentary that kind of taught me something and opened my eyes to mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. reality of that. And this has done the same thing with mental mental health because mm-hmm. um, I obviously knew about it, but <laughs> a, a, until you see... <laughs> why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that to me was like the, well, of course, sheep, uh, you get wool. Uh, kind of <laughs> moment. <laughs> Um, I knew about it, but it, yeah, I, I, I hadn't ever put some time aside to sit down and really listen to somebody that has been through it. I've mm-hmm. you know, luckily all of my friends and everybody around me has never struggled as far as I'm aware. Or they just look at me and think I wouldn't tell you cause you're a bloody idiot. Yeah. God. Oh, you've done it again. I crapped it again. Okay, okay, okay. So we're going. Um, my microphone has fucked up royally today. Um, do, you, do you remember what you were saying? No, I, I don't. But I was basically <laughs> try, trying to recommend the documentary and say <laughs> it was enjoyable. Um, it was. I, I liked it. And because my microphone has spazzed so many times, I've just seen the time. I've got to get moving pretty quick. I'm really sorry. Yep. That's fair. Um, because oh. I've... Yeah. <laughs> I've got this is, why is it so be, sad we end no, with the sad no, documentary watch, being sad watch Under the Soil yeah. for sure um, really enjoyed that listen to John Mayer it's been a good week both of the content's been good this week um, yeah. what are we going to do next week is my question to you well we need to sort that out so we okay. need um, should I bring up the list we need let's, let's do an album and let's do a movie um, a can nice I girl. give you an album Oh, is it going to be jangly guitars in indie? Well, I've not <laughs> done any jangly guitars in indie in a long time. When was the last time I recommended an album? Public service broadcasting? Start too, of season two? Too, too soon. It's still too soon. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> no, Maybe okay. Um, time. Yeah, I, I, I guess I could, I could do an album. But you'll, you'll just have... What would you have? The book and the whatever you whatever else you, yeah. Okay, so wait, can I do one? If if you recommend me an album, can I do one of uh, a film that I've already seen? Can I recommend? Of course that? you can. So can I? Can I? Um, so then we've got two bits each. Um. Yeah. Hold on. Let me find it. So give me a bit of context on your album, and then I'll. Um, well, it's going to be an indie album with jangly guitars in it. Obviously. <laughs> it's going to be lots of jingly jangly, mate. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to think, oh, what what can I pick that's really jingly and really jangly? Um, do you know what's funny? They're called Django Django. So it is like... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know um, I know of uh, Django Django. 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 I'm, a bit, I'm a Django Django fan. I want you to listen to their first album, which is self-titled. Django, Django. Okay, okay, right. And then, so movie. Um, do I'm torn between two of my favourite films of all time. Okay, are let we, me jump me to flip a coin or something. Are we? Got, are we too got late a pack for of a, chewing gums here? Are you? Are we too late for a Christmassy kind of film? Oh, really? 
I feel like we are, yeah, personally. But Okay, well then, what, tell you what, next year, I watch this movie every year and uh, I watched it again this year and uh, we'll, we'll watch it together sometime. That's what we'll do. I'll make, okay. sit you down and watch it. Um, okay, so the, um, the movie I'm going to recommend you is, uh, it's called Inside I'm Dancing or uh, Rory O'Shea Was Here. It's got two different uh, names depending on where, where you are in the world. But this is one of my favourites. Okay. So awesome. let's call it a night. Yes. Can you, can you, can you, can you just like drop us a smile before you go? Just to, there we go. There we go. That's I'm sorry for the fuck ups this week. My bad. It's all right. One day we'll get the technology right. I've enjoyed the content. I watch your film. Enjoy the jingly jangly guitars. Jingly jangly uh, jangle jango. Jango jango. And I will see you next week. It's the Travis Pepper Show. Ba-dum-bum. I love you. Bye. It's the Travis Pepper Show. Thanks for listening. Because you've made it until the end, I'd like to think that you've enjoyed yourself. If you did, or even if you didn't, then uh, just leave us a review and follow us on Instagram at Mentoring a Moron Podcast, where you can get in touch, send us recommendations, and see how we're getting on with our challenges. See you next week.